everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And welcome once again, everybody. The main event is over. The World Series of Poker is still struggling down the stretch here. And uh, we'll talk about everything tonight. But a big weekend with the main event concluding. John Sin is our new main event champion. Uh, tremendous. Uh, welcome uh, to Sin City. I'm telling you, and, and this was just an exciting, just just that, you know, the famous hand to get to the final table, which I'm sure we'll discuss later on, uh, having ESPN you know, on the what is it, twenty-minute, half-hour uh, half delay? delay. Was like, like watching live. it live. It to me, live. it's like watching it live because you know I don't have any computers. I'm not listening, watching any tweets or anything. So it's like watching it live. Great cast of people. I mean, the, Joe Cotta, next you know main event winner, who won with you know many thousands of players in there when he won his when he won his bracelet, having sin, who was the quietest eleventh place person because you know a lot of people are like I didn't hear. You know, getting in there, making it to to winning it. <laughs> this this main event had a lot of excitement. In so it. much, and it was so so long. It was unbelievable how long this went. But it was entertaining because they played fairly quickly. They didn't take a million, uh, you know, minutes every hand to to, to tank. Uh, they moved right along. They were great guys. They were fun people. I mean, Michael Dyer, I wouldn't call a fun guy, but uh, he dominated. The first night, which was uh, uh, Thursday night, and then Friday night, the second, when they were playing from down to six to three, was completely dominated by Tony Miles, who had just a breakout series as far as establishing himself as a hero for a lot of us out there. I will say that definitely. And then John Sin took over the the, the reins to and, take and, control and of the I'm tournament. And what I'm so upset about, night. Dave, is you know I you know my job is at night, so I was watching bits and pieces of it. I was able to watch when. Cotta did get eliminated. I did not see the first night when the first three people went out, and I heard it was real quick. Uh, <laughs> and and it's funny. I mean, I'm not funny. I'm sorry for them not to say funny, but there there were three non-Americans on, at the table, and they were the first three out. The final table was all Americans. Uh, you know, the final six. But uh, I started really, you know, watching it uh, when Cotta, you know, was very short stacked and was playing such aggressive poker and had. Uh, had actually caught Sin, you know, and, and I don't know if you remember that hand when I he had do. King Queen. Neither one of them had a pair, but but Carter played that so well. And I said to myself, if he wins one more big pot, I said to myself, he's going to overtake the leaders here. And I think his aggressiveness may have forced, and, and, and the great commentary by Nick Shulman, uh, which I thought was... A breakout series for him as a phenomenal. broadcaster. Phenomenal. No, I thought no he was question about phenomenal it. Phenomenal the way he was breaking down the hands. That those four and a half to five minutes that Miles took to make that call with the ace king against Cotta pushing, and this was what a couple of hands after he had not doubled the stack but had overcome Sin, you know, and jumped up into a position where he was, you know, hey, like I said, one more double up, he's right there. He seemed to be on, he seemed to be on the heater, moving up from a very short stack to almost 50 million in chips, and then getting aggressive again with those pocket tens, and. You know, the way Shulman broke that down, Dave, I don't know about you, but, you know, as a poker player, I love listening to the reasoning, and you know, we know what a great player he is. They had his stats up there, $10 million in tournament earnings, two bracelets. You know, he's a tremendous poker player, world-class poker player, and you could see why in his, in his uh, analysis of that hand of what Miles had to – now, we don't know if this is what Miles was thinking, if it was – you know, he's tired of the aggressiveness of Kata, but when he broke that down, he couldn't have broken that down any better – when he was saying that, you know, you know, he he goes, Miles has to know that Kata doesn't have aces or kings because if he had aces or kings, he would have taken a, a regular type raise to try to entice a call from him to to get more chips out of him. This is a hand that has to be fall between eights and jacks, you know, right there. And he goes, Miles has to decide whether he wants to, to, to call this for a raise because if he loses that hand, he's down to about four, five million, six million in chips, and more than likely the next person out with the blinds coming up on a million uh, for the big blind. And it's a great call, the emotional, 
the, the commentary just made it, you know, you, the only thing missing was the music that you see in movies when, when these, these moments come <laughs> up, you know, in the background. That was the only thing missing in my point. Well, the series is winding to a close with a big one for one drop, and this is actually a very small tournament. A uh, million dollars to get in for the buy-in. First place, $10 million, but only 27 players in, oh, they didn't came get in the this 48? year. Didn't even get to 48. They had 24 at the end of day one, three more entered at the beginning of day two. And they are down now to 11 players. Did they have satellites, Dave? Because, you know, remember, we talked yeah, about I Gus Hansen that. and was it Sean Dean? I think it was canceled. That deal. I think it was canceled, the, the last big satellite. Wow. That, they had, that so had to be players. a little bit of a disappointment, especially yeah. since so, so much of that goes to no, absolutely. and everything else. Uh, when, we, when Joe and I sat down here at our table tonight uh, to start talking about uh, last thoughts about going into the show, uh, Fader Holtz was leading this tournament very close with Eric Seidel. I gave Joe some of the names of people that were still alive, including uh, Dan Smith, Phil Ivey, and Christ- Christoph Vogelsang, and, of course, Justin Bonomo. And Joe said, watch out for Justin Bonomo. He only won one bracelet this year. That was in the heads-up tournament. But he was the hottest poker player going into Coming it. into the series. And he, not only did he win a bracelet, but he's also played, you know, I think he's gotten to more than one final table in this. He's played really well. And you told me he was in sixth place at that time. And at I sixth said, place, Peter uh, Holtz and Eric Seidel right at $15 million were leading. Nick Petrangelo right behind. Uh, Rick Solomon, uh, who used to go out with, uh, what's her name, Paris Hilton for a while. Uh, uh, he is uh, in the challenging as well. But since we sat down to start doing the show, Bonomo has won two pots worth $8 million and now leads the tournament with $30 million in chips. Like I said, these are the guys, for whatever reason, you know, you're just in that zone. And uh, let me tell you, that's uh, I, I would have, if I had money, I'd be putting it on him now if they were taking bets to win that. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, they are finishing that one up. Uh, a lot of great stuff happened since the main event. We're going to concentrate mostly on the main, talk about some of the hands and some of the big happenings, uh, the broadcasters, the players. Uh, the atmosphere, the fans, it was all just tremendous. And even though, I mean, the fans hung in there. Uh, the final night, when they had three players left, they played about two hours before Michael Dyer was eliminated. They played another ten hours of head-to-head play and ended at like 5.30 in the morning. Uh, 8.30 in the morning, our time. 5.30, their time. But it was incredible. And uh, Two very likable players yeah, also, which guys. made it great. And like you said, I haven't heard anything about the length of it, and it's because... These guys weren't. It didn't take ten hours because they were each taking five minutes on on a on a single decision, you know. It, and when they did it take moved time, along. it moved it, along. And only occasionally, when they really needed to, did they take the time. But it was it moved had a great and flow. And no one has a problem with that, Dave. You yeah. know, as a poker player, I, no one has a problem when you have to make like you know. And again, for me, I didn't see a lot of those because I was working, so I didn't get a chance to see there much of. I got home very late, three thirty, four in the morning. Turned out, I saw the, these guys were heads up. You know, saw it on the computer, watched some, you know, some of the updates on the WSOP uh, site, and you know, eventually went to bed. And then when I woke up, I found out, you know, Sin had won, uh, and I didn't even know how long it had gone because I'd slept till very late in the afternoon. But you know, I found it very entire, you know, very enjoyable. And when it was forehand, like with Jokata, there it was fun, you know, five-handed. But it seems like the two players with the best, uh, you know. Uh, personalities that, that you kind of like got into. His Mannion seemed to be very quiet. His chip stack was going down. And as you mentioned uh, with the chip, the, the chip leader from day, you know, from the beginning, Dyer, Michael Dyer, Dyer really didn't say a whole lot, you know, in the time, the little, you know, the, 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 the short time that I was able to watch it in on certain days. Um, I did read today that he's going to concentrate more because he's more of an online player, which, you know, may, May be the reason why we didn't see that because he's not used to having interaction with with live players at the table, and he says he's gonna he's not gonna get away from live tournaments. Obviously, with the success he had in the payday that he got, but, right, right. But I, I, you could kind of sense he didn't feel comfortable, and when things started to kind of turn on him, when uh, Miles was on that that heater, you know, after Jokata. Ace ten again beating pocket tens with a with a flush, and then the the, the set of threes over the four three, you know the, I, you know I honestly thought Miles was going to take this. I, I think if that tournament had played out that night, 
he wins it hands down easy right. easy he was just he was just in such a zone and everything was just going his way went into the final day with three players left with about 230 million chips uh, johnson made a huge comeback and played very well throughout the time but miles was in complete control and on the on the day two of the final table i'm gonna have to watch something because as i told you when we sat down before we started our show was that i had seen sin down to 30 something million in chips he was very short stacked you know and this is when they were still four-handed and that night i had to go out to work and when i came back I saw that he had survived, and Mannion was the one who got eliminated before they went to the final three. Not only did he survive, all of a sudden he had over $100 million in chips. And I'm like, damn, I wish I had seen how he had, he had been able to accumulate those chips because i got to give him a lot of credit. And, and the reason is he tried to make a move on Kata on that one hand that Kata built his stack up from 20-something million right. to 40-something million, and it cost him. He actually leapfrogged Sin. Sin became the, the bottom, uh, you know, at the bottom of the totem pole with five players. And, you know, he was able to release his hands. He had some hands where he was, and that's why his stack went from 50, 60 million down to, to 30 and 20 million because he was making moves and, and he was getting caught. But he wasn't getting stubborn with it. He was able to get away from it. And, right. again, it's not a chip in a chair because he did have 20-something, $30 million, But when you're talking about the blinds being half a million, you know, and a million, and 150 and Annie, four or five-handed, Nick Shulman, you know, people, uh, I don't remember who the other commentator was. Ali Najad, probably. Uh, uh, the, yeah, whatever it is. He goes, well, you know, he still had 20-something. And, and Nick Shulman, you know, very nicely pointed out. He goes, yeah, but when you're three, four-handed, that comes around very, very quick. Yeah, exactly. It's not like a full table where you have a chance to, 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 you know, pick and choose some hands and still have some play. From a, f- a personality standpoint, Michael Dyer was obviously not a favorite. He didn't have a big rail. I think his parents were there and one or two other people maybe. Uh, they said when they introduced the players, the three of them, that huge hands for Tony Miles and, and John Sin. Crickets when... Uh, when uh, Dyer was Tumble, introduced. Tumbleweed come across <laughs> the set. Exactly. Across the set. And he went out early, so he wasn't a factor the last day. Although, I have to say, on the first night Thursday, he had such a big lead and played such great big stack poker that I thought there was no way this guy could lose. He was playing like uh, like Joe... Um, uh, Joe McKeon. Joe McKeon when he had the stack. And even maybe and like McKeon actually didn't year, do it on day bit. one. Joe McKeon kind of more did it yeah. once they got down to six. Yeah. He, he played masterful no, exactly. poker. He played big stack poker perfectly. Got some of the cards because you, you just can't just do it on that. Some, sooner or later, somebody's going to you know put <laughs> draw that line in the sand and say, okay, I'm ready to go after you. Where's John Sin from? Did you notice? Where Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Okay. Indianapolis. And then, uh, uh, he had Dyer a nice was rail. from Houston, and then uh, Tony Miles, who just made his career in one day, uh, comes from Jacksonville. Originally was born in Utah. Uh, went to school in Washington State, Tacoma. And ended up moving down here to Florida and lives in Jacksonville. So uh, and I'm sure all our friends and down overcoming, there. Uh, overcoming uh, a, drug a, addiction, a drug addiction, which is and very drug and big. alcohol addiction, and uh, was at the bottom of life. And just yeah. so thrilling to see this guy come back to the top of the world. And listen, being that I've had people in my family, you know, who have had you know alcohol problems and stuff, and, and most of us have in our family, to see somebody like that have that success go through. You know, those dire moments because, you know, the people who have had that in my family have told me, listen, you have to hit rock bottom before you really can get help. Right. They're going to start at this level and they still got more levels to fall before it gets to that point. And to have this young man get to that point where he had to go in and get help for his, for his, for his addiction and then to do what he did, have the support of his family, his friends. I got goosebumps telling you this. Yeah. It was wonderful to see. Seems like a tremendous and just young a, man. Just a great kid and fun and a little bit of the dancing, not at the end when things got really serious, but, uh, you know, just fun to see this guy interact with the other people, and a guy you'd love to hang out with for sure. And then there was the one little shot when they were on a break where they went around behind the stage and they were just sitting on a step next to each other, and they got a photographer came around and got a shot of them, and they gave each other a fist bump just when they were playing yeah, head-to-head head oh. with Sin. Well, you could tell, and and before that one, they would say he was the talkative one at the table. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed. Yeah, he was oh, the yeah, talkative absolutely. one. I'm like, wow, this guy's a, and I don't know if that's his coping mechanism to relax him because of all of that. And he actually, you know, with this marathon heads up final that they had, okay, of the of them, he did make a great comment. But as I saw on one of the sports shows, as they were commenting about this, you know, on ESPN. Uh, 
he's, it was true, 10 hours. That's dra- 10 hours is draining on a full table, let alone heads up. Yeah, unbelievable. You know, and, and when you've got $3.8 million is the difference. You know you're going home with $5 million. Okay, that, that's a great, you know, most people are like, yeah, but you're still playing for $3.8 million, the winner of this, plus, you know, you know, the prestige, and your picture gets put up on the wall, the, the big gaudy bracelet that you get as the main event, which I would love to own, uh, you know, and he goes, but, you know, after 10 hours, you're, you're, you're fatigued mentally, and you know what, this whole tournament is about that, Dave, we've mentioned that, yeah. you know, why we, why it's, you know, we we always celebrate older players. Uh, you know, like as we've had in the last couple of years, some interesting players that have made it in their 50s, 60s, 70s. And it's hard because this is yeah. a tournament that you're going to put in about a hundred hours or more no, to win this thing, and and that is not easy to do. Well, it was fun, uh, you know, interacting with the rail and uh, the things that went on. Uh, t- Tony's mother, they asked her about. Uh, you know his uh, his struggles with addiction, and uh, you know what it was like for her, and and she was just great. And said, you know, listen, you got to stay with your kid, you know, you gotta you gotta support him, and no matter what happens. And uh, the great family that was behind him was so cool. It was great. He had Sean Deeb on his rail, who gave him a lot of instruction. Uh, Sean Deeb, the leader now and the player of the year after winning a bracelet down the stretch here, uh, as well. It's incredible. I got one question though. Who the hell invited Will Kasuf to be on that rail? Oh, he was and there. Have a, and have I didn't a t- even know. And have a T-shirt on. I did not. Uh, for for miles, miles. Yeah. For miles. Well, Unbelievable. Uh, and he and he would get his face in there next to the mom because he knew she was going to be on camera. This guy is just an absolute publicity hog. Well, listen, you know, uh, he he had his fifteen minutes when. Uh, and when he's he, looking he for another fifteen. And, uh, and then <laughs> Stacy came back and kicked his butt uh, over there. Yeah, in, uh, exactly. Uh, you know, the other place there. Love quick, to see that. So. Uh, we've had a pickup in the, in the uh, amount of people listening to the show. If you're new to the show, we hope you'll stick around with us. We're going to have some good guests coming up soon. We're going to take our first break on the show here. Thanks for being in. I, Joe, you had something to mention. Because yeah, real quick the, before we go The pickup break. in the show has really been over the last three programs, and it kind of coincided with Sherry Bykowski coming on the show. Joe, you think that has something to do yes, with it? Yes, I love Sherry Bykowski. I, I've told you how much I loved her book, and... Um, I asked her for an autographed copy of her book. I don't know if I asked her on. I think I asked her on air for one. Yep, and she said and she would send it. And after the show, I gave her my address, and I got it this past week. I um, Actually, it came in last Monday, but I was leaving the house, and I didn't open it up, so I didn't get a chance to, con- to thank her last week. But, Sherry, thank you so much for the kind words in, in there, uh, your dedication to me and everything. It was so nice. Uh, it's going to be right there next to my Super System 2 book. So, <laughs> And like I said... Uh, People, you need to get the Kaisan of Poker by Sherry Bykowski because it, it, it's it's not going to give you relevations as to how to play poker. It's just going to show teach you the things, the mechanics yeah, that you need book. to keep in mind as you play poker. And there's a lot of them. And as poker players, this game has evolved to that point where it's not just ABC poker anymore. It goes the whole alphabet. Yeah, great, in, great instruction. And she's going to be a regular on this show, and I can tell you, pretty much for sure. she was wonderful. So, Sherry, thank you so much, sweetie. Uh, I, I was about to call sweetie again, but that's just me. I, I don't do it. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're from New Jersey. That's, that's why. That's how I, I talk to women like that with my wife next to me, so she knows I don't yeah, mean anything she knows, by that. She knows. And real quick, Dave, just on the local news before I forget, uh, the Mikasuki Poker Room here in Florida, for, for our listeners who aren't from South Florida don't know this, Mikasuki Poker Room was the first poker room open in the whole state of Where Florida. Where you had your first job. I, I, am, I am proud to say I am one of the original 12 dealers that dealt poker. As I tell everybody, on the first night it was ever legal in the state of Florida. They were the only poker room until the Seminoles, the classic, uh, as they call it now, opened their poker room two years later. Well, my brother-in-law works for me, informed me that on the last Sunday of this month, so in two in weeks July. from yesterday, um, they will be closing the room down because they're going to be moving it inside the casino area, supposedly near where uh, the, they have like a restaurant. The bingo or something. That, where that restaurant is okay. that, that's in there. They're going to move it there. They're downsizing it. Uh, so they were told three to four months it's going to be closed. Uh, you know, my brother-in-law kind of believes that it, it probably will target a start of the new year 
to open up again. But just to let our South Florida listeners know, uh, if that's one of your favorite places to go, they will be closing in case you haven't been by there recently. Okay. Let's take our first break on the show. Uh, we lose another room, but another one could be on the way uh, in downtown Miami. We'll talk about that maybe probably next week. We won't get to it tonight, but we'll talk a little bit about Magic City possibly opening up a second room. Uh, we'll be back to talk some hands from the World Series of Poker, a huge one that led to the final table and ones during the final table. We'll get to what we can tonight. Uh, we'll talk about the big one for one drop a little bit more as we keep an eye on those standings down to 11 players. And we will also uh, check out some of the late bracelets for, for some very interesting and hot players. Uh, we'll be back after these messages on Poker Action Line. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. I'm Sarah, and this is my story. I'm Ellen, and this is my story. One night, I was at a bar. One night, I was at a bar. I was having fun with my friends. I was having fun with my friends. I had one too many drinks. I had one too many drinks. I got behind the wheel to go home. I got a cab to go home. All of a sudden, from out of nowhere, a squirrel ran across the road. And all of a sudden, from out of nowhere, a squirrel ran across the road. It happened so quickly, I barely had time to react. It happened so quickly, the cabbie barely had time to react. I swerved. The cab swerved. I can't believe it. I hit a guy. I cannot believe it. The cabbie just missed a guy. I wish I took a cab. Thank goodness I took a cab. You have the choice to save a life. Don't drive buzzed. It's a decision you'll never regret. Buzzed driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the Department of Transportation and the Ad Council. Ranger Station. Yeah, hi. I'd like to report a bear sighting, as in Smokey Bear. We were about to head home after a bonfire, and Smokey said the fire wasn't actually out. He said if it's too hot to touch, it's too hot to leave. Did you know that 9 out of 10 wildfires are caused by humans? No kidding. I'm a forest ranger. We never kid. Sorry. Kidding. Get your Smokey on. If you see someone in danger of starting a wildfire, step in and make a difference. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Only you can prevent wildfires. Welcome back to the show. One of the things we always follow is the uh, WSOP Hall of Fame. Uh, They had uh, the uh, nominations kind of came out behind the scenes while the main event was going on. Uh, They made their selection. I didn't even talk about it at all the last couple of weeks. Uh, The nominees, I'll run them down real quick. Uh, John Hennigan, uh, as these are all players uh, except for the last two, uh, David Oppenheim, Chris Bjorin, David Chu, Bruno Fatusi, Mike Matisau, Chris Moneymaker, and Huck Seed were players nominated, the eight nominees from the players' side. And there were two nominees for non-players, uh, Matt Savage and uh, Maury Escandani. So they went ahead, they named the two on, uh, I guess, the final night. Uh, don't when that don't was tell named. me because I have no idea. I have no you idea. They they already got the two did. that are that are they named inducted. Now you want to guess? I have no idea. So if I get it right, it's because this is what I thought. Okay. But um, I I honestly believe Mike Matisau belongs in the Hall of Fame. I don't know if he got if he got it from that list this year. Dave Chewy was another one. Those are the two players that I would one of those would be. Well, one you, of, one you of couldn't the be farther off. Okay, so <laughs> so they might have gone with Huck Seed there for no, the player. No, no, I no. bet you could name probably seven, and uh, we wouldn't have one of the guys. Young, I know, is the older gentleman who's played for many mixed years. Games, mixed games, mixed guy. games. Uh, uh, actually, John Hennigan, uh, who's had a great series this year. Was leading the player of yes, the year race well, and now fell to second behind Sean Deeb. But he was one, and there was a tremendous and interview. he won player of the year once before, didn't he? He might have. He uh, might I have. think he won it a few years ago also. But uh, there was a great interview with a guy who is a good friend of his, totally respects him, Nick Schulman. 
did an interview with him and almost broke down when he was interviewing him. But it was a great touching moment. I got to catch the very end of that. Did like you? One question. I wish I had seen it because I had stepped away. That was great. And also uh, the other inductee was Maury Escandani, who is, uh, was also a player for quite a while, uh, but probably is more famous as a, a TV producer. He ran poker productions that uh, put on high-stakes poker, Poker After Dark. Uh, the Heads Up Whoa. Championship and World Series of Poker for many years. He produces the live broadcast for ESPN and uh, is a big part of what's made this game really popular. Yeah, and I tell you what, on that list that you got right there, I'm sure you're going to see David Dewey, Huck Seed, uh, Mike Matasal, like I said, and Matt Savage eventually get into the Hall yeah, Poker Hall absolutely. of Fame down the road. Absolutely. They should name more than two. Uh, just, we've discussed this yeah. before. It really There should is. be more nominations and more selections. But that's the way they do it right now. Uh, nice article on by Steve Ruddock, who we've been a guest on our show many times. Uh, a lot of people were whining and crying that uh, Isai Scheinberg, who uh, was one of the uh, guys who ran full tilt in the beginning, uh, was not nominated uh, you know, we'll we'll actually uh, uh, you know figure out that he will probably never get in. But a lot of people feel that he has a deserving article uh, in in the, into the induction. But the article by Ruddock talks about he made a case for Mike Carroll, which I think would be a good selection as well. Uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. His uh, book on tells is is a is a must. <laughs> At least early on, it was a must. Uh, yeah book to have no in your in, in your library as a, as a poker player to learn from these things and uh it was outstanding you know what i don't remember now and and it just popped into my head when you said this guy wouldn't get in there is howard letterer and uh chris ferguson well ferguson is still nominated this year which is a little surprising you know me. and and howard letterer i don't believe is in there either and these are two players that were you know yeah you, you you'd have bet your house that that they would eventually have gotten in there uh, but obviously, with everything that went down with full tilt, I don't know if that's ever going to be possible. For them. Well, so much last week uh, happened uh, before the final table, and we were talking about Phil Helmuth, uh, you know, making a big uh, controversy in his tournament when he uh, spoke up out of turn in a uh, three-handed hand that eliminated a firefighter from the from. Uh, 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 the main event, and uh, you know that's like <laughs> seems like ancient news now. But Phil actually comes back, wins his 15th career bracelet, which you do have to give him credit for. No, and it's so funny because uh, I mean I mentioned it last week, real quick. Uh, I believe it was last week or two weeks ago um, when he was going at it with a player at his table, the ta- the, the table where he eventually got eliminated from. A, the gentleman's first name is Vladimir. He just called him the Russian. <laughs> and forgive me that I don't remember his last name. But I think I mentioned it to you. I don't know if you I'm did. on air where they said, put up the $2 million. You Oh, no, we didn't, we didn't talk about that story. Yeah, he said, he goes, he asked it because the guy kept needling him so much. And I, and in this case, you know, most people root against Phil Helmuth because of his the way he acts. And I had not known about the the hand that you, that we talked about on air because I didn't see that. Um, but he... he he shut the guy up by saying, well, listen, why don't we each put up $2 million, and every tournament that I enter, whatever the fee is, if I don't make the money, you keep the money, you keep the fee. If I make the money, whatever I win, you pay me out of the $2 million. And this guy was talking so much smack to him, you know, and when Phil put that offer forward on TV, they were on one of the main tables, this guy all of a sudden, not, not to say he started stuttering, but oh, I got to think about it. Well, you know, he went from you know, you know, having his chest puffed out there really big, and when Phil said, "Put that up," I don't know how much Phil won in the in the in the, in the tournament that he won his 15th bracelet, but that would have been probably been a nice chunk out of this man's two million dollars yeah, exactly. if he had taken him up on that bet. Uh, let's see. I can give you that information. Because I kept saying, oh, I'd like to get a piece of Phil's uh, action on this if I can. Phil won $485,000. That's how much he would have taken from that man's $2 million. And defeated Steve Walansky, who is from Cooper City, right around the corner from our studio here. Wow. Uh, who, and that was his, I believe, 15th cash of the series. So a pretty special year for Steve Walansky. But that was his biggest one. He took home uh, 299k for that uh, second-place finish. Uh, Matt Glantz also made that final table, 172000 for sixth place. Uh, Guliong Wei uh, won the little one for one drop. Uh, not a lot of big-name players made this final table. But uh, Sean Deeb also won a bracelet very late. 
Uh, Joe Cotta won a uh, big after tournament at the end. After being eliminated, he jumped right into this other tournament, which was called the Closer, a $1,500 buy-in, and he won, wins that event. His second bracelet of this, this series, I owe him a huge apology because I really have never thought of him as being a great player. Uh, you know, I know he well, won the title in 2009, but won? also won because he got lucky on holding pocket deuces and, and pocket and threes has, and pocket fours. And he has no qualms about telling you that. Yeah. He even mentioned that he goes, I'm a much better player now because I realize I got very lucky. I mean, listen, you have to be lucky to, to navigate thousands and thousands of poker players. You just, you know, uh, Jamie Gold, I think, is the only person I ever saw that just, you know, steamrolled from, from day one. To, to, to he won the, the, the bracelet. Outside of that, everybody has had ups and downs where they've been at the top, been at the bottom, almost eliminated. You know, every time you hear one of these, somebody has had to win an all-in either very early on and when they're very short-stacked or later on in the tournament when they're short-stacked or they think they've got a monster hand and, you know, the, all of a sudden their opponent turns absolutely, something that absolutely. has them dominated. Uh, so Kata so wins 612000 for the closer which was a very big tournament, over 3,000 players in that one. And uh, Eric Afriat uh, from uh, Montreal, who uh, won a big tournament down here a couple of years ago at the Hard Rock, uh, finished in fifth place. And uh, I, Now, forgive me, hopefully you have it there in the stats in front of you, but how much did Joe Cotto win for that bracelet win? Do you know what it Six, is? 612,000. 612,000, which is a little bit more than 12, uh, 25% of what he had, what he got for, for fifth place in the main event. Yeah. But I bet you he's more satisfied with that in the sense that he's taken home a bracelet. Yeah, Brian Hastings also won a late bracelet, the fourth of his career uh, in uh, a late event there. As, uh, you know, we congratulate him. He's a local here in South Florida now. He'll be getting married later in the year. And uh, also Ben Yu was uh, winner of uh, the High Roller, the $50,000 High Roller, won over $1.6 million for that one. So uh, a lot of great stuff there. Uh, great field that he defeated, too, uh, including uh, Nick Petrangelo in third place, Ike Haxton in fourth, and Igor Kurganov in fifth. So a lot of great stuff here. Uh, big one for one drop. We'll be following that tonight as we move along. want to get to a couple of the hands and uh, <laughs> we start with I want to start with the one that led to the final table. And there's been so much discussion about this one. And I think really illustrates the difference between novice players and experienced players. Because I thought there was no way I ever could have folded pocket kings that late in the tournament. And a shot to get to the uh, the, the final nine. But here's uh, here was the hand uh, as they were playing along. Uh, Richard Zhu, Richie Zhu, uh, was uh, in... Uh, was going all in. There's ten players left. One more eliminated. Right. He was either on the button or one of the one of the blinds. Okay, I don't exactly have his. Um, Mannion, Mannion made well as the hand played out, Dave. And, and I, well, let's I let's, I let's give you some of the action here. I do have it here for you. Uh, blinds were six hundred thousand, three hundred thousand, a hundred thousand ante. Uh, Mannion opened raised with pocket aces to two point two, right? To one hundred fifty k. From under the gun. No, not 150. That's what it says here. No, no, no. That was the, probably the Annie. He raised. He raised. He made it. Yeah, probably. He made it two that. point. He made it 2.2 million. I, I trust me. I have this hand. I watched it. I have this hand. Everybody folded to, and you'll forgive me, the the gentleman that Antoine Labat. Antoine Labat, who had pocket kings. He, fla he flat called. He flat called. He looked kings. like he was ready to raise, and he flat called. And I believe if he had taken a race, he probably would have saved himself a lot of money, and I'll explain it later. And then Shu uh, the, the was Richie one, Shu. He was. One, I mean, he still had about thirty or forty blinds, uh, big blinds left. But I think he was one of the shorter stacks. Saw pocket kings also, and pushed all in. He had twenty four point seven million. Uh, right. Uh, Mannion was uh, forty big blinds. Thirty six million. And uh, Labat was second in chips with fifty-one million. Okay, so so at that point, remember, Mannion had made a, a standard size, you know, maybe a, a little above standard size actually from six hundred thousand. I, I for some reason I thought they were the blinds were were close to a million, but he made a, a you know a race to two point two, which is a little bit more than three times the big blind. So he's indicating that he's got a good hand in early position. Uh, the, and again, I keep forgetting the other gentleman's name. Labat. Labat, flat called, and when Sue pushed all in for his 24 million, okay, 
Mannion snap raised like right away. He didn't even think about it. I think he was trying to isolate himself because I'm sure with aces you don't want to really face two players. And Dave, he had sixty big blinds. Right. Snap and, called. Which is there's no there. You know, no one's ever going to say anything. That's what he was supposed to do. He's got a guy for twenty four million in there. He wants to be heads up against this guy because he's going to be an eighty five ninety percent favorite against heads up. So amazingly, Labat, who is second in chips with over fifty million, coming down to the final table, uh, I, makes I the call with pocket kings. Well, I, I, you know, I no, to me, and, I could and, never get away. Dave, from that. let me tell you something. I've only fall, I never thought I could either. Reading an article many years ago, uh, Howard Letter, and I wish I could get into how the, he, he explained it, is the only reason that I did this once in a tournament online that I did very well. We were down to about 80 players from a couple of thousand, and I was in the top 20 in chips. I had the chip leader in my table, and I think this is how this guy had to look at this. This, this hand played out almost exactly like this. A shorter stack guy to my right, I was on the button, makes a, s- a standard raise. I re-raise him. Thank God I didn't push all in. I, I just kind of doubled it because I was hoping to let everybody fold and that, have this guy go all in. Well, the chip leader, who I'd been playing with for about an hour, had been playing, you know, spot, you know, flawless poker, in my opinion, automatically goes all in for his big stack. You know, fold. This guy, who had originally raised to my right, immediately calls his all in. And I sat there with pocket kings going, one of these two has to have aces. I've got to be trapped here. And sure enough, the, the chip leader had the aces. The other guy had pocket queens. And as the board turned out, an ace king and a queen hit the board. So we all would have hit a set and the aces would have won. That's the only time in my life I have folded aces. In this particular place, you're one spot away from, from making the final table, which guarantees you an extra 175000 And that's not even the money that you should be thinking about. As you said, he was second in chips at that time with right. 54000 51, 51 million. I mean, 51 million, excuse me. You have to sit there and say to yourself, you know, 40 big blinds, 60 big blinds, one guy goes all in after a razor, and then the original razor immediately, he didn't sit there and think about it like, okay, maybe this guy's trying to isolate us. He immediately snap raced all in to isolate him. You have to, in my opinion, not only do you have to think about the chips because you're going, wow, I've got to be two opponents now. You know, it's not just one opponent. I got to be two opponents, and both of them decided to go in with a lot of play left in, in their stack with their big blind, with the big blinds that they had, forty right. and sixty. It's a lot of play. You have to put one of them on aces. That's just the first part of it. Then the other is, hey, with fifty-four, I'm st- I'm going to be in third place in chips even after this hand. And if the short stack gets eliminated, we go to nine. We take the rest for the rest for the night. Come back fresh after hopefully a good night's sleep. I, you know, uh, I know that one of the articles I was written on uh, was it two plus two uh, stated the ICM. You know, chip money wise. Right. You know, yeah. You know, you have to come to a point, but this is not the point in my opinion, because to me it shouted that one of them had aces, that one of them had to have aces in their hands, and I think. I think he should have let that hand go very easily. There are two hands. The other one we'll talk about later that I also thought a player should have let it go, and I believe this was the start of his demise uh, and the final table. But to me, again, like you said, most players can't think of folding kings. Yeah. They just Because you talk yourself into it. They can't have aces. They both played. Maybe they both got ace-king. You know, your, your, your thought process, he had to take a little more time because he really didn't take a whole lot of time you know, after an all-in, after a snap, all re-raise all-in on a bigger stack, you have to sit there and say to yourself, wait a minute, you know, let me take a step back, think about this. And I, I, I guess, I think he was just saying, I, I can't be trailing here with Kings. And to me, it seemed like one of them well, had to have aces, and that was the case. Unfortunately, he was uh, behind, and he went from uh, second place in chips to Barely making the final table with about eight million, so he went in as a short stack, and of course, uh, not surprisingly, was the first one eliminated from the final table. Yeah, because I believe shortly thereafter the blinds went up to four eight, you know, and now you've got ten big blinds, and you know, the mental, you know, your your mental uh, stage is like, you know, again, it had to be the worst. Uh, not to say, uh, to me, I think it should have been a, a thing for him to relax, because I think if that thing had continued, he probably would have been eliminated one or two hands later. 
he really faced some really bad luck with those kings. Just for people who don't know, when he came back, he got eliminated with kings early on the next day uh, when pocket queens hit a set on him. He had, he yeah, had the queens amazing. dominated. Kings, you know, I'm, I'm, he's probably going to rip all the kings out of every deck of cards that he owns. Uh, yeah, someone said uh, pocket kings should be renamed the Antoine Labat Memorial Hand. Yeah, it's you know, but <laughs> but you know, he he listen. The best thing that I think that happened to him, even though the results weren't there, but was that luckily for him after that he was able to get back. I'm sure he beat himself up a lot at night thinking about that in his hotel room, but you come back a little fresher. And unfortunately, you run into the same fate with Kings, yeah. and that's just so it's frustrating. Break. Um, you did uh, agree completely with a uh, rundown, which was written on uh, 2 Plus 2. You can check that out. It's called uh, A Terrible Call with Kings on the main event final table bubble. Uh, according to him, in the end, that the only hand he could have called with would be if he had aces. Aces himself. Exactly. There, and, and it's just so simple when you break it down. I mean, not, it, not simple in my mind. Well, Dave, here it is. <laughs> if if the first all-in had 10 or 12 big blinds and the next guy had 17, 18 big blinds, you're thinking, okay, they're trying to get this heads up between them and one of them wants to jump up to 30 big blinds. No, you're talking about 40 big blinds for the first guy that goes all-in, a, ra- a razor who re-raises all-in for 60 big blinds. You've got to put them, like I said, well, you, you have to sit there and go, one of them has to have aces. Well, when I when you play at that level, and I do have to say this, uh, I have never played at that level and never will play at that level, but those guys have been beaten uh, with kings against aces throughout their career. It happens. Listen, I was on a table once where someone was very upset with me and got very vocal on the table uh, because uh, he had taken a min- You know, it wasn't a crazy raise. If he had gone half his stack or all in, I would have folded my hand. All right? And I decided I was in the big blind, and I had uh, nine ten suited, and he had pocket aces, and this guy was hemming and hawing. So I finally said, you know, this is either a new guy, or somebody just doesn't want to understand. And this is what I said on the table. I said, all right, who here, who here on this table has lost with pocket aces? You know, and everybody chuckling raises their hands. I go, who here on this table has beaten pocket aces? Everybody raised their hands. I go. Dude, this is how this game is played. You didn't take a big race because you wanted action. Unfortunately, with action, sometimes this is the result. It's happened to everybody. I said everybody here, and everybody started laughing. And he kind of calmed down after that, but you know, he was he was so upset, and he wasn't being nasty with me. It was almost like he was talking under his breath, like, "How the hell did this guy call with a nine ten? You wanted me to call with a nine ten." You just got unfavorable results. Yeah, kind of the uh, final statement on this uh, article. I encourage people to check it out on 2 Plus 2. Uh, I don't have the name of the gentleman. I actually erased that before I printed it out. But his last line is, uh, give credit where credit is due. This was absolutely one of the sickest spots I've ever seen. Biggest turn of the year. Biggest poker moment for all of these guys, unless you're Joe Codd, of course. Uh, just a sick cooler, but that's poker. It is. It is. And you know what? We've we've seen the phenomenon over the last, you know, like you said, except for Joe Cotta. Well, uh, you know, with Sin being the champion, 11th place first, it's almost like being at two final tables within three years. And we and we were blessed to see over the last two years, uh, you know, Michael Rand back-to-back final tables and uh, and the gentleman well before. he was actually 10th uh, the year before so uh, Mark, Mark Newhouse you're talking about Mark Newhouse was but, 9 but and Ruan, 9 Ruan was 10 and 5 so 10 he was at the kind of the unofficial final no, table Ru- but not Ru- the November 9 no no they keep they kept bringing his name up but he actually finished 10th that year before and then he finished 5th uh, the following year okay but well, uh, for they, some they were reason I thought he finished 3rd and 4th like or 4th and 5th no, back-to-back years no all right, we're, we're going to check that okay, on the break. I could we're be wrong. Check that on the break. I could. Who knows? I could be wrong. Uh, let's take our, our break on the show. We'll be back with more. We'll look at a couple other hands, including the one that basically crippled Michael Dyer. We'll look at that one as well if we can. And uh, unbelievable late call uh, with seven high by Tony Miles. You didn't see that. I much. did not see that. I, I hate, but I had to. They work. were talking about that as being the most incredible call that they have ever seen in their lives, but it worked out for him. Wow. A couple other things as well. Wow, anyway, okay. we'll be back with, uh, with more of the show when we return. You're listening to Poker Action Line, and we'll be back after this. 
This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. A lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean. You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. WFO Radio NHRA Nitro is all about the NHRA Full Throttle Drag Racing Series. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night following NHRA national events. NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com. Welcome back to the show. Big Dave and Joe talking World Series of Poker final table. Main event of the final, the final table, the main event. Uh, Michael Dyer had uh, what seemed to be an insurmountable lead. Uh, and was heading playing in, Heading great. into day nine, which was the second day of the final table. Uh, the big hand happened uh, when uh, Miles had, had been slowly stacking up and catching him. Uh, he was up to 100 big blinds and, and getting close to Dyer. And uh, the lead well, that was once insurmountable, <laughs> uh, basically... Uh, the hand came with a king four three flop. Right now, well, let's, let's, I'd like to put this in perspective okay. for, the, for our listeners. You know, Miles had just a few hands earlier knocked out Kata, had hurt Mannion with an ace high flush that that he beat ace king again beat pocket ten same scenario with Kata. Uh, you know, um, and it was a hand where Sin was in it. Pre-flop, I don't know. Very, I don't remember if someone took a small raise, but uh, I believe Dyer was the big blind. Miles was the small, small blind. blind, and I think Sin took a you know a, a, a min raise. He took a you know a standard small raise, a button raise, button. and yeah. both blinds came in. Miles with pocket threes. Now, of course, we're watching. We can see the hands. Exactly. We, we know that uh, Miles is holding pocket threes. Pocket threes and. Dyer's holding 4-3, four, three, four, and three I can't offsuit. even remember since hand. I know he had, I think he had two picture cards, but regardless, yeah, it was like Miles was something. on a heater. King Jack or something. He, like, like, like you said, he had gotten over, he was at, I believe when this hand started, he was somewhere around 102, 105 million. Dyer still was close to having him 2-1. to one. That's how big a lead he had, because I believe he had a close to about 180-something million in his in his stack. And sure enough, it was it was a dream flop for Miles with a king 4-3, okay, hitting the, the bottom set. He never took another race, so no one's putting him on anything there. Dyer loves this flop because he's thinking, you know, I got I got the bottom two. No one's going to put me on that. And, you know, Miles checks. I believe Dyer comes out and bets something like around 6 or $7 million. Sin immediately gets out of the way. Miles sits there, thinks about it beautifully. And then makes the call. 
five hits on the turn, if I'm not mistaken, right, Dave? Does it have I, it there? A five I, hit on the turn. I don't have it in front Okay, of me, well, a five did hit on the turn. There were two spades on the flop. The king and the three the king were spades. came on the river. All right, and so the five, the five came on the turn. Miles again checks, and this time, you know, um, Dyer sees that straight. I mean, you know, Miles in the little, in the small Yeah, it was line. five on the turn. It was right. five on the turn. Miles could have an ace four, uh, a four six, you know, now could be open-ended for a straight. So he made a big bet, something around twenty-one million. Was it the on the flop? Uh, uh, I mean on the turn. On the, the turn. flop was fourteen point right. three million. He barreled again on okay, the turn. Okay, so with 20, there you go. Twenty-one point four, and then checked on the river. No, he didn't check. He checked, but he came back and called after after the bet was made by. Uh, he he wasn't the first to act was Miles. Okay. So he did not check. Miles was in the small blind when the king pairs. He pops out something like around twenty nine million. Twenty seven million. Or twenty seven million. There you go. And this shocked the hell out of Dyer. Now now what I'm thinking of, we were talking about what a terrible call uh the gentleman made with the pocket kings, okay. okay? And I'm sitting there and I believe Nick Shulman even made this thing. He's going, There's no way he can make this call. And the reason is, you know, it's frustrating as hell. But you gotta remember, Miles has been on a heater. He hadn't shown you that he was playing bad poker, although you are talking about a, a seven-high call that he made. I don't know if that was prior to me seeing this or after that hand. It was after. Okay. So up to that point, I don't know if he had seen Miles make any bad plays. Miles had been playing very good hands, had released some strong hands. Listen, he was on a heater. If the man calls you out of position, $14 million, and then again out of position calls $21 million, you've got to put this man on a hand. I seriously doubt that he's going to put, you know, 40%, close to 40% or, or 35% of his stack after, after the flop, okay, into a pot against the chip leader when he's just accumulated all these chips. You've got to put him, at worst case, with a pair of fours and a higher kicker, you know, and a high kicker. Maybe he had a four ace, okay, or a king. And when a king pops... I thought it was beautiful because this is how you entice this call, even though Shulman did perfect analysis saying, I don't see how he can make this call because, you know, any hand beats him. Any hand beats him. All right? Because he's got kings. kings. And if, if he had a four with a six, if Miles had a four with a six, he outkicks him and wins that pot. And, and Miles, I think, shocked and surprised him with that $27 million bet coming out after he had checked both times and made right. the call. And I was sitting there, and I and I said, and I was thinking to myself, I go, Shulman's going, he he can't make this call, you know. The, the, well, the and I said to myself, he's going to make this call because it's a frustrated call. He's so frustrated that he thinks he got run down. He didn't know that he was he was so far behind. And he's smart enough to sniff out that Miles wasn't holding a king. Right, but but guess what? If Miles didn't think he had a king, he could have had. Pocket five or pocket six or seven. Let's not say he even had a full house. It doesn't matter whether he had the king. My, uh, Dyer's hand is kings and fours with a five kicker, which is the board. Okay, you're only beating a bluff right. at that point. You are only beating a bluff. If he has a four, if if he had a four. The best you could do is split the pot because even if he had a four deuce, you're both using the five as the kicker. So if he had a four six or better, he's beating you with a four six, and he comes out and bets twenty seven million after he called fourteen and twenty one after he checked. You've got to put him on a hand. It's frustrating, and at that point, I think that twenty seven million represented probably you know close to twenty percent. 18 to 19 percent of what was left of his stack up to that point, maybe a little bit more. You know, at that point, you've got to stop and say, "Hey, this guy's just been on fire. Let me get, let me just get out of his way until he cools down, and then I can come back into this." Well, and he, I think that was obviously that was the start of his. Well, according to demise. this, he actually uh, reclaimed the lead after that happened. It hurt him badly. Well, I, but I, he came back, took the lead back again, but ended up uh, going out in third place later on. Uh, with he had uh, ace ten going up against uh, uh, flush draw, did, but did he take the lead against Mannion? Because I don't think Miles lost too many chips later on to him. Because unfortunately, shortly after that hand is when I had to go to work, so I did not see that. 
I just said to myself, because they went on a break, I believe, right after that. And I think that's when uh, Nick Shulman had the interview with John Hannigan that they showed during the break. And I said to myself, at that point, I thought Miles was just going to be a lock to win this tournament. He was just so, you know, Sin was very short stacked at that point. Mannion was already working his way down. and You could kind of see the frustration level in, in, in his play. And Dyer just was in shock, and, and he, I think, you know, as soon as yeah. the, the full house was shown, his face showed it. He well, knows he made a huge mistake there. He ends up in third place, makes $3.75 million. I'm sure that will last him the rest of his life. And uh, Well, supposedly he's made millions online, yeah, so, so, you know. So. Uh, let's take our final break on the show. We'll come back, finish things up. Uh, we got more ants to talk about, but I'll have to wait till next week. This is one of those shows. It's a four-hour show crammed into an hour. And uh, we did the best we could to cover as many things, but we'll talk about more hands and a little bit more of the finish next week. We'll also update you on the big one for one drop, which is finishing up, and uh, talk about a couple other little things as we head out the door. But thanks for being with us tonight. Uh, Enjoy uh, talking this stuff, and uh, really was a great week, and I watched probably 18 hours of poker, I think, over the three days. I didn't watch uh, that much, but I watched (laughs) a lot more than I have watched in a long time, and that's because it was on a half-hour delay only. But it was fun. Interesting. I'm still trying to get my sleep patterns back in in, uh, in flux again. Anyway, we'll be back. We'll finish up things when we return. You're listening to Poker Action Line, coming to you from South Florida. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration, and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Final segment of the show, Big Dave and Joe finishing things up here. Just barely touched the surface of the main event, but uh, it was such a great tournament. Let me give you your props, too, that I didn't do on the last comment, but uh, Michael Rand, was, he was cor- my partner was correct. Uh, Rand did finish in 10th. Uh, almost making back-to-back final tables. Uh, he was on the unofficial final table, which is probably where you. Uh, took I that might from. no, but I honestly thought he had finished like fourth and fifth back-to-back well, years. Okay. So, and and real quick before you get into the last say the last few things is, you know, Dave, just a few years ago we were talking about how how impossible it would seem that you know a winner nowadays with these fields that are five, six, seven, eight thousand strong that anybody could even have a chance to repeat. And it, just shortly over the last few years, we've seen Mark Newhouse come, make final tables back-to-back. Michael Rand that we just spoke about almost make back-to-back final tables, official final tables. This this year's winner, congratulations to Sin. You know, 11th two years ago, Joe Cotta, a bracelet winner, getting into... Well, two f- bracelets this year. Right, and winning two bracelets, but coming in after fifth it. in the main event yeah, after having won it a few years ago. It, it to me, that's a that's a testament to how great of poker players these these people are that have made these these tracks. You know how hard that is. That, that's amazing. 
by the way, uh, this is on Poker Go, the the big one for one drop, and switches over, I believe, at 10.30 the night Eastern time to uh, the uh, ESPN to catch some of the action. But uh, first, uh, Justin Bonomo, 26700000 uh leads Nick Petrangelo by about $10 million. Phil Ivey has moved up to third, Eric Seidel fourth, Fader Holtz is fifth, Byron Coverman in sixth as they round down. Eleven players left. Oh, so they're still at 11. We started the show with 11, and yeah. they're still 11 an hour later. All right, very good. Good action out there. The big one for one drop, finishing things up. Uh, just a tremendous series. Uh, you know, the grinder you know? Uh, winning the uh, uh, Poker Players Championship. A uh, couple of bracelets uh, for uh, John Hennigan, I believe, one too. He's up for Player of the Year along with Sean Deeb. Uh, Justin Bonomo on the heads up. Kata, who you just mentioned, uh, Phil Helmuth winning his 15th career bracelet. Just so many highlights this year. And uh, I watched about 18 hours of that final so table. So enjoyable. It really has been enjoyable, you know, these tournaments listening. I mean, again, I don't watch them like you do, but I've enjoyed the results. I've read up on, you know, looked up at the updates, the hands, how they've played out. This has been a fun. Yeah. This has been a fun uh, World Series main. Not only the main event, the whole the whole tournament in general. Yeah, it's but, been tremendous. You know, we talked about whether the November Niners. We've always looked forward to the November Niner and the build up and everything. And I honestly believe that if we had done that this year, I don't think it would have been half as, as yeah, good or exciting as as. as I got I got to agree. And uh, while I watched about 18 hours of the final table, I'm going to really look forward to watching it again when it's condensed down to the uh, ESPN uh, highlight version. Yeah, because you could catch up on some of the hands that you didn't really see and right. everything. For me, last year, the be- was it last year with uh, Kasuf? Was it last year or the no, year No, two before? years was Kasuf. Two years. You last know, year was The only he- thing I wanted John to Hesse. see was, was, was to see him would get eliminated with aces versus kings right. with his big mouth. So. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, that's going to do it for the show. Thanks for being with us. Uh, we got a lot of new n- listeners out there. You can always pick up the show on SoundCloud. We send out a tweet every week to uh, people that follow us on uh, on Twitter, and we hope you'll join us there as well. Uh, or on Facebook, a lot of great stuff, social media coming out. I've been tweeting a little bit more lately, so I hope people will follow us on there as well. And uh, look forward to talk more about this next week. Of course, the Seminole Hard Rock coming up with their huge tournament in the month of August. The Isle Casino is uh, in the middle of the Florida State Poker Championships. Uh, Their main event starts on Thursday, July 26th, 27th, 28th, and 29th. So uh, all that's still to come here in South Florida. Uh, but it's been a tremendous time uh, watching the stuff in Vegas, and we will look forward to talking to all of you next week on another edition of Poker Action Live. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. 